Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Before I start this episode, I just want to tell you that basically whatever has been told to me about um, the PS5 leak is not a guesswork. It's something that's been told to me by someone who works in the marketing. Um, and as I did say, because somebody mentioned this, they said that it doesn't make sense with the DRM and things like that, that Xbox went through, Sony wouldn't do it. That's why it doesn't make sense. Well, you know, lots of things don't make sense in the gaming industry. And like I said, many times, that option is not a serious option for Sony. It's just something they've been contemplating and it's not exactly in the, I don't know, late stages of actually doing it. It's more like, you know, just thinking about it as a last resort should the situation be dire. Um, anywho, let's continue. Now, you may remember that in my review of Persona 5 Royal, I said that I think that the story is ultimately inconsequential to whatever happens in Persona 5's overall story. Now, I did post the same thing on Twitter. I got some pretty good reactions from people, people who agreed with me overall, and the reasoning was actually pretty good. So, using their um, comments and my own opinion, I'm going to say why I think that is, and be aware. This will be spoilery as hell. So, basically, everything about third semester and everything leading up to third semester is going to be considered huge and major spoilers. So if you don't want to be spoiled, this episode is not for you, at least until you get to finish the game. Then you can come back. So without any further ado, let us begin. So ladies and gentlemen, why do I think it's, uh, it's basically inconsequential? Why do I think that this story, or basically Persona 5 Royals edition of story is well, not as good as Persona 4 Golden. There are a myriad of reasons why I'm saying this. And I'm going to say my reasons, and I would expect anyone to tell me, why do you think that is not true, or why do you think that is true? So, let's begin. Now, in Persona 5 Royal, we are introduced to two new characters, Kasumi Yoshizawa and Dr. Maruki. I don't remember his first name, so sorry if I keep saying Dr. Maruki. So Dr. Maruki is someone who comes in after Kamoshida. What he does is basically help people who were assaulted or hurt by Kamoshida to cope with those things. That's his primary objective when he comes into the school. As the year goes on, he has other objectives. He has objectives to help people and help them cope with their pain and stuff like that. In fact, we get to see every one of our allies at one point or another talk to this person about their troubles and what hurts them the most. That's pretty cool. At first you trust Dr. Maruki, he doesn't seem to be that kind of a person. It's more like an insight into our favorite characters and it's basically something we already knew if you ever did the confidence to the fullest. But still, it, it's just, uh, how do I put it? It's still nice to see that vulnerable side again in a different context. 
As with Kasumi, Kasumi, we don't get to see a lot of her. In fact, we don't see that much of her in the first part of the game. And she's not in there as much as you'd like. During the second half, however, we see much more of her. And it's really cool that we get to see her. And it's she's a really cute character. In fact, I'd argue that personality-wise, she's much better than Marie in Persona 4 Golden. She's at least friendly. Marie was not friendly at all. But Kasumi was really friendly and cute as hell. So you might as well say that, yeah, she will become a fan favorite. She has already become a fan favorite, sorry. I keep forgetting. But the main thing is, when we get to first semester, that's where things start to get Now, before I get into that, Akechi also is a new confidant where you don't, you know, just meet him every time and your rank goes up by its own. It's basically, you know, every time you actually have to go out with him, talk to him, and it's very nice seeing those moments of Joker with Akechi. It's just nice, you know? And you get to learn more about him and how sad it is but this is something i didn't touch upon in my review because it was really spoilery the way it's integra in integrated into the story the catchy part it's actually not that well because the story of akechi doesn't change in vital moments it's still the same his behavior is the same his mood is the same but when you go out with him as a friend it's different and it doesn't make sense. It's it's not exactly... How do I put this? It's not really well made, this particular part. I mean, it's really awkward. You just look at it and you're like, okay, you were friendly with me. Why are you suddenly like this? Or, you know, we were just having fun. Why are you suddenly a jerk, a dick? I mean, ultimately, yeah, because he hates Joker. But until Confidant level 8... You actually get to have fun with him. You actually get to understand him. There are many things that he does that basically... I don't know. It just feels good. You kind of like him at that point. You're just like, yeah, you're a good guy. I feel sorry for everything that happened to you. I hope you feel better. But then he goes back to his original version and you're like, Huh? Are you different than Kitchi or something? And that hurts. And, you know, this creates a different tone and mood for the whole thing. It's just confusing. You just, you have no idea what's going on. You suddenly, I don't know, you weirded out by it. And that sucks for me. Then we get to the actual added content. Now, I'm very happy that they added this. But there's one thing. This story is just amazing and yet doesn't fit well now why do i keep saying this um to me p4g persona 4 golden it had a story that complemented the original story and added to it and it kept the message of hope and happiness and things like that as pointed out by one of the twitter users replying to me but unfortunately royal doesn't do that royal is a 
different story altogether and that's why I have issues with it. The thing is that it suddenly becomes this sad, mature, complicated story that it's really beautiful and I'm very happy that they touched upon such subject but it doesn't really add anything to the overall story. It's still, the, it's just a story of its own. This could have easily been a sequel, a short expansion kind of sequel to P5. That easy. Like it didn't even need to exist like this. Just simply put this out as an expansion to the game and you'd be fine. It was that kind of a way. And it sucks that I have to say this because I enjoyed that story so much. But overall, for the overall Persona 5 story, it didn't add anything. At the end of the day, it didn't matter. Even if you take it out, nothing changes. The events are the same. Now here's why. After you defeat Yaldabaoth, if I'm saying the name correctly, I don't know. You defeat Yaldabaoth, uh, you have to turn yourself in. This is something that happens in the original. But before you can do that, Akechi suddenly comes and says, Hey, I'm alive. I'm going to do it for him. And I'm like, what? You're alive? How the hell are you alive? So it's not answered right then. He goes, and then you see a dream where you're in the school, somebody who is actually very clearly Dr. Maruki because of the voice, says, you don't think you belong here? Okay, go out. And you're like, okay, you go. That's the end of that. But then what happens? Then you wake up and see things are weird as hell. Like, why are these guys talking about things that never happened? Why are you talking about that? Why are you talking about this? And then you see Kasumi, and even Kasumi thinks that something is weird. Then Akechi comes, and he says, yo, everything is weird. And you're like, yeah, I know, bro. So then you talk to each other, and yikes, things turn out that things turn in the way that you understand that, yeah, the reality has been tampered with by someone or something. And then you go to a palace that before you have visited with Kasumi, and Kasumi didn't join you because she thought she is not good enough. So she didn't join. And there was a palace that you get to fight a simple persona. After you do, of course, you come, you, you know, time passes, you get to the uh, extra content, and then you see the palace is still standing there, but this time it's not a palace, a real place. And it's weird, you're like, how is that even possible? So then you go inside and you're looking for someone who is controlling this whole place. You have no idea who's controlling it. You're like, who the hell are you? Who's that? Who's this? Who's this? So as you move on, you see that, holy shit, Kasumi? Who's that? And then you're looking at it and she tells you that, that's my sister. And you're like, what? Sister? Yeah, you said that your sister died. Who's that? So then, revelation. That that is Sumire. Sumira, Sumire, Sumire, and you are Sumire, and she's Kasumi. So for two minutes, I was confused. I was like, what? Who's who now? And they look the same, except for a beauty spot. And I was like, holy shit, how can they look the same? I mean, I know the hair was the same, but face, expression, everything. Seriously? 
they look the same. So I was like, oh shit. So it's revealed. She had a sister. The sister died because of how Sumire, who is actually Kasumi, or basically, no, Kasumi is actually Sumire, acted and she died. So Kasumi dies. And then Sumire is traumatized and tries to be her sister, Kasumi. That's why she calls herself Kasumi. Now, this story so far is amazing. Blew my mind. I never would have guessed that Persona would like to touch such a story. Then, then we come to the next part. Then, <clears throat> what happens is that we see Dr. Maruki. And she takes uh, Kasumi away. Sorry, Sumire. <laughs> so, he takes her away and says, I have to help her. And feels like I want to help everyone. And honestly, it was very easy to guess that it's Dr. Maruki, the palace holder. Why? Several reasons. In the story, when you are with him talking, he just keeps saying that, yeah, I want to help people deal with the trauma, with their heart, and things like that. And at the end, he actually says that, yeah, I'm going with cognitive science, and you're a fan of beef. You know, like, yeah. And basically, everyone knows Joker is a fan of beef. So... Then you're like, okay, go. So I didn't know back then that he's up to something. I just thought that maybe uh, the end of that part, he helps people with their problems or something uh, in a way that can control mementos and stuff like that. that. That was what I thought. And when I saw that it didn't happen, I was like, huh, so what now? We come to a palace and see the palace looks like a hospital. I was like, oh, shit. He's here and he's helping people. Shit, that's him. And it was pretty easy to guess that it was him once I came in there and <laughs> saw so it's a hospital. And it seems that my guess was actually kind of right uh, for some reason. So we go in there and. Oh, we. <sighs> it's pretty cool to see Dr. Maruki and his thought of, you know, I am going to help people. People need to deal with these things. I will help them. So slowly your party realizes that, yeah, none of these are real. And that changes. The cognitive thing changes and they lose whatever was brought back because of their trauma. And they turn into normal. Then you have to prepare to go and fight Dr. Maruki. And he comes to offer you several things. Now, the fact is that, well, Dr. Maruki is actually very amazingly well-made character. Akechi actually fleshes out here. He's, he's the same douchebag, but at least he's himself. That's why I think Royal's version of Akechi is far superior than Persona 5's version. He's in real self. He's a jerk. He's a <laughs> badass, actually, at times. He's what he wants to be. Good for you, Akechi. Good for you. I'm proud of you, buddy. So he's a jerk. He's angry. He's who he's supposed to be. And I love that. It's really cool to see him like this. I didn't expect him to be a good guy. I wanted to see... Well, I wanted him to be a good guy so he could live. But seeing his dark side still is really cool. And everything keeps on going, 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 going. And until you get near the end. And Maruki comes to talk to you and says, Okay, you shouldn't, you know, attack me or anything. We should make a deal. 
you should let me keep this world everyone will be happy everything will be the same like you know people will be happy deal with the traumas in their own ways and then the bombshell saying that Kishi actually did die he did not survive in the palace in the Shido palace he actually did die but came back because Joker wanted it and since Maruki had that power that's why Akechi was still alive. Pretty weird. And then you realize, yeah, what Wataba was alive. Wakaba? Wataba? Mom of Futaba. Wakaba <laughs> was alive. You see uh, Akumura being alive. So everyone who's dead was alive. So you realize that Akechi is also alive. And once he uh, once you defeat Maruki, he will die again. And Akechi like a man stands and says, yeah, screw that. I, I choose my own path. Screw you. I'm out here. Drop mic. All of this until this point is fabulous. I love it. But when you introduce these kind of characters, when you introduce this kind of thing, you expect a whole different ending, right? Let's keep on going. So far, so good. So far, this story actually is very different than any story on P5. And actually way better. It's a much more mature topic to deal with. Then that's where it gets weird. You get the boss fight. The palace actually is actually very amazing. Very well made. Beautiful. You get to the boss fight. And before that, of course, in the palace, you learn a lot about Maruki and what drives him. And it's all really sad. And, well, I kind of understand him. Again, that's the point of Persona. You get to understand each of these villains. And sometimes... You feel sorry for them. You empathize. So, you go on, go on, go on, and you get to face him. And there he is with his persona. So, this is where everything you learned through the whole game comes into play. The ton passes, technicals, weaknesses, all of that. So the boss fight is actually amazing. The first phase and second phase is just fabulous. It's amazingly well made and so fun. I just loved this boss fight. It was amazingly well done. And then we come to the third phase and fourth. The third is when you, you, when you defeat the persona of Dr. Maruki, he fuses with his persona to create Adam Catman. Actually, no, it's, he becomes the you know, second um, version of the persona. He has now a full body. That's when he becomes Adam Catman. It's pretty cool. Very amazing scene. And you're like, holy hell, that's huge. And he's powerful. But you beat his ass. Then he, he fuses with his persona. And that's when you can't beat his ass. You just have to survive. And you know what's weird? I love it. I love the fact that, you know, Adam Catman is that powerful and all that. But the end of that scene didn't really make me go, <gasps> it really didn't. I mean, the fight is pretty cool, but it would have been fine before Yaldabaoth because that spoiled me. When you see something that cool, Sataniel 
suddenly coming with a huge gun, shooting the guy in the head, shooting a god in the head, even the dialogue in that scene is way too good. This one compares to nothing, I mean, okay, Joker goes up there and says, checkmate, and shoots the guy again, repetitive. But I would have loved if Joker had the chance to bring his third evolution persona. I mean, everyone had theirs, so why not Joker? And apparently he has one, but it's a DLC. So he could have somehow summoned it. I mean, yeah, people say that there was no time, but if they wanted it, they could actually add it into the story in a different way. Why not? So you beat the Doc, you beat the Persona, the world starts to collapse. Doc says, okay, beat my regrets out of me. You have a fist fight with him. Kind of reminds me of Metal Gear Solid 4 when you fight Liquid Ocelot on top of the, uh, I think it was a submarine or something, where you guys just fight. Also the same thing repeats in Death Stranding. So, pretty cool. You keep fighting him like... And after that, well, he... Uh, he just, you know, says that, okay, I'm so sorry about everything. I'm stuck in the past and things like that. And... Uh, Kazumi's there, obviously. Akechi's there. And somehow Mona, as the palace is getting destroyed, turns into a helicopter. He also has no clue how did this happen. So he turns into a helicopter and saves everyone. Very cool. Yeah. So far, so good. So you get to learn a lot about Kasumi, who is actually Sumire. You get to learn more about Akechi. You get to learn about Dr. Maruki. Two characters that basically did a lot of shit that can't go unnoticed. So how do you think the ending should be at this point? Hmm? Something cool, I bet. Well, no. No, nothing cool. First of all, you don't get to say even goodbye to Sumire. Not at all. That's, that's something that I hated. You get to say goodbye to every confident just like the original. But Sumire? No. I don't know why. That bugs the hell out of me. You didn't get to say goodbye to her. You go on and uh, the ending begins. The true ending. Should be something cool, huh? Well, no, it's not. This is where it becomes inconsequential. So far, everything has been amazing. So far, the summary I gave you is something that you should either play or just watch to know how amazing it is. So I expected a good ending that included Sumire and Dr. Maruki. What happens? Nothing. First off, the beginning is exact same as P5. And I'm like, huh? Then they change it. Instead of Morgana uh, stopping the tires of the... I think it was tire battery, I'm not sure which part. But he stops the car of people following the Phantom Thieves. So that's how the original was. This time, it's not like that. Dr. Maruki is in a taxi. His only constant says, hey, jump in. How the hell did you know we were here? So you jump in and he's like, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm going to fix everything. Dude, you are a doctor. You are a doctor who changed the whole reality and wanted to keep it that way. Okay? Now you're a taxi driver? I mean, for all I know, nobody knows what you did. You changed reality, so technically nobody knows. You could still be a doctor. How are you a taxi driver right now? 
he drops you off, you get onto the car with your friends, you go to the uh, train station and go home. And at the end, there's a tease that maybe I catch you still alive. Really, that's your true ending. That's why I hate this true ending. That's why it's inconsequential. And if you didn't notice, I didn't even mention Sumire. That's because Sumire's ending is just like, you know, she's walking, she bumps into you, and she smiles and goes, Seriously? You built up this character just to give her that kind of ending? What the... It sucks. Let's be honest, it, it sucks. Really does. Now, why do I think P4 Golden is way better in that department? Because Marie had a higher purpose that fit the original story. How? She was Izanami no Okami, who was split into two, I think, and had to fuse with uh, Sagiri, Izanami, something else, and somebody else as well, to become Izanami no Okami. She was basically the other half of Yu Narukami, who had Izanagi no Okami. Holy shit, how big of a reveal that was. That was a huge reveal that actually complemented that story. And as it goes on, what happens is that, well, she's now part of the gang. She is in that story. She is in that ending. You get to see her in the ending and be with the gang. Her presence alone added a lot to that story, the end part of the story. Gave us the ski trip, which I like. Uh, I never played the original. I think the ski trip is in that game. But the fact that they integrated it into that part is still beautiful. I still love it. It gave us some funny scenes with, you know, every girl you went, they were suddenly like, Oh, what are you doing here? So <laughs> that was pretty cool. And all of that. It complemented that story. It made that story be more beautiful, be more complete, have a more meaning, make Persona 4 Golden something that is necessary. Persona 5 Royal is not like that. First of all, it doesn't complement the story. It acts more like something that could have been a sequel to the game or an expansion to the game that happens as a sequel, a semi-sequel. It could have been all of that. Unfortunately, it's none of that. Instead, it's an untold story that in my opinion, even if it were still untold, it wouldn't really matter at all to the overall story. To the point that Persona 5 Scramble can actually function both as a sequel to Royal and the original game. Because Akechi's not alive apparently, maybe it was just something. He wasn't alive, I don't know, I mean, that was a tease. Maybe he's alive, but he doesn't appear in Scramble. Kasumi suddenly disappears, Sumire. Maruki is never heard of. And at the end, the reflection of Joker, we see his Metaverse version. Which can lead into Personal 5 Scramble. Where he still has his powers, but in a different reality altogether. Still, the point being, this story has nothing to continue that story. It's just a self-contained story for itself. Persona 5 Royal 
that news story is beautiful, it's wonderful, great job whoever wrote it, I love it. But still, still, this is not what I wanted. I wanted a story that had an ending that complemented that story. That story. You could have given us a whole new ending that included both Sumire, Dr. Maruki, and maybe even Akechi. But you decided to give us a washed-down ending that was way inferior to the original. If you defended by saying, yeah, it's the realistic ending, tell me this, how did Maruki know where Joker was? If we're talking realistic. Where the hell was Sumire? How did she know at that time Joker would be at the train station and suddenly bump into like, Tch. Hey, senpai, <laughs> get out with that. No matter how you put it, Persona 5 Royal is a beautiful game. It has beautiful gameplay. It, it just expanded everything about Persona 5 itself. It gave it a whole new twist. To me, Persona 5 Royal is the best Persona 5 could ever be. It's superior in gameplay-wise. Story-wise, no. I like Dr. Maruki, I like Sumire, I even like the new Akechi scenes, but they don't fit in well with this story, with this narrative. Yaldabaoth was just a different thing altogether. She made the game have a good end. An epic end, by the way. This one, hmm, you might say if P4G had an epic battle or anything like that, at least it had an epic reveal, this didn't have that, and that epic reveal actually continued into the story, we didn't get to see any of that here, sucks huh, yeah, yikes, anyways, these are my reasons why the story is absolutely inconsequential, doesn't make sense, and it could have been something as a sequel. I wouldn't have mind, minded if that happened, but it didn't. Shame. It was easily 20 hours, maybe. Could have been an expansion. Like, really, why not? An expansion to the original story as a sequel not as something, how, what do you call something that's in between two arcs? Inquil? Interquil? Maybe. Could be. So, that's why it doesn't fit. It just becomes irrelevant very soon. It makes the ending irrelevant. That's why I don't like this story. I hope you guys understand, I hope you guys understood my point and what I mean. I'm not hating on it, I love it. I think it's just an amazing piece of story, amazing characters, amazing build-up, amazing everything. But it's not a good fit for this story. Could have been a different thing altogether. But again, kudos to the team who made this. Beautiful. Very well, thank you guys for joining me. Um, 
I hope you enjoyed this episode. And again, my score was 10 out of 10. I'm not giving it a lower score. If nothing, the very fact that the story does exist, the beautiful boss battle, the improved mechanics all over the place, everything improved. There's just so much love here that this thing doesn't make me want to say that, no, it's not 10. Maybe P4G played it safe to keep it inside and made it better, added more to it, but it was the right choice. I don't know how much did add to gameplay, but if it did add to gameplay as well, just like how Persona 5 Royal did, it probably would have a much higher critical score, maybe even close to 96. Persona 5 Royal really did its best, and I commend it for it. So that's it. Thank you guys for joining me. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope to see you guys very soon, and I hope to hear from you guys to see what your opinions are. See you soon.